Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. And to get us started today, I, I want to ask a question. How many of you have ever seen uh, or like the show Blue Bloods? Anybody like the show? Oh, okay. So somebody was really excited right in the front row. And that, uh, if you don't know uh, Blue Bloods, some of you are going, I have no idea. Uh, Tom Selleck, uh, he's, hey, you can put that, put that up there one more time, would you? Uh, Tom, that picture. Ready, go. Put the, yeah, there you go, Blue Bloods. So Tom Selleck, uh, uh, which uh, some of you might know, like Magnum P.I., some of you have no idea what that is because that's too old, like that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, so basically, this stars, he's kind of the main, one of the main characters. But uh, the show, what it's about, it's about a, a family. It's the Reagan family. And uh, most of them are cops. Uh, actually, Tom Selleck is the police commissioner, and their one daughter is a district attorney. And uh, uh, this fall, my family and I were kind of, uh, as probably like many of you, we were looking for a, a show to binge watch because, right, it's the pandemic and what are we going to do, right, all that kind of stuff. So we were looking for a show to binge watch. And so uh, there are literally 11 seasons of this now. And so we started watching, and I'll tell you this, it took one episode, and man, my family and I, we were hooked. We really, really like this show um, a lot. And, uh, and so... Uh, Basically, we uh, couldn't, so many of the shows weren't coming back this fall and whatever, so we caught up on all the nine seasons and the 10th season you had to pay for, so we paid for the 10th season, and then now they're in season 11, and we're just, we're hooked every single week. We just can't stop watching this show. Now, uh, with that said, I use all of that and kind of the connection of that to tee up the video that I want us to watch as we start our topic today. So take a look at this as we uh, jump into our teaching to kind of launch us into today's topic. Take a look at this video. It is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Teddy Roosevelt. You quoted that to my fourth grade class when you came. <laughs> really? Mm -hmm. It's a little above a fourth grade level, don't you think? It'll turn out that way, for one of them anyway. Okay, so uh, I use that clip uh, because what you saw there was uh, uh, Frank Reagan is the, the dad there in the show, and that's his granddaughter, Nikki, and she was obviously reading this quote uh, from Teddy Roosevelt that he used in her fourth grade uh, class. Um, but uh, honestly, uh, I use that even though it wasn't his quote because th there's something about Frank's character in the show, uh, again, played by Tom Selleck, that um, it, it, he has this ability in the show, and if you want to, you'll know, but to, he'll, to take a situation uh, or, or something that's going on and he'll, he'll either quote something or he'll put an antidote in there. He'll cr create some level of a life lesson out of the circumstances at hand. Basically, he's a living, breathing uh, moment maker. 
this guy, this Frank Reagan character. And, uh, and he's constantly handing out life lesson after life lesson to all of his kids who are grown, to his grandkids, all this kind of stuff. He's just this kind of guy. And so I really like Frank. I, I like him a lot in the show because he's got this ability to really just make great moments out of really, sometimes really messy, messy situations. And I thought about Frank this week as I was uh, putting together the teaching because um, uh, really, like, I, I think that there's, if they, if they really, as the creators of the show, they put this all together, and, and they, they, I wonder if they sitting in the, in the, in the boardroom, they were like, oh, we want Frank to have this ability to do this life lesson thing. Um, and because, like, it, it really is, like, the thing that kind of makes this character more than uh, anything. And I was thinking about him because uh, many of you know, I mentioned this last week, we're starting a brand new series today called Rock Solid. Lessons from the Training of Peter. And each week, what we're gonna do in this series, starting today, is we are gonna take a look at some of the life lessons of the Apostle Peter. Um, and ultimately, while we see his lessons that he was learning in his training, take some life lessons, I can't talk, life lessons uh, for ourselves. And uh, I'm really, really, really excited about this series. I've wanted to do this series for a really long time. Um, and uh, I think part of, a part of why I think I wanted to do this series is because, uh, man, there is some really great things to learn from the, the stories and the lessons of Peter. If, by the way, if I could be, uh, beyond being next to Jesus, right? Um, I think Peter is a guy that I go, man, I could, I could live my life like Peter. I'd be doing pretty darn well. And so I think there's some of that. Uh, I think that as we, we look at Peter's uh, training and whatever, the, we can learn from the lessons that he learned from. But the other one, I've mentioned this before, but out of uh, many people in scripture, um, I identify really well with Peter because he's the outspoken, uh, can, um, rambunctious guy, that doesn't seem like me at all, does it? Um, so, right, I, I, outspoken, rambunctious guy. And so he and I, like, man, we're kindred spirits, Peter and I. And so here's my hope for this series, um, is that ultimately, that as we look at these, these moments of Peter's life, as we look at these moments and these interactions that he had with Jesus and, and really some other people in, uh, in his sphere of influence, that we will take what lessons he learned and we will be able to apply them for our lives, to our lives. And, and for us, um, we in ourselves will become moment makers. We will be, see these moments change in our lives. Uh, we will be kind of Frank Reagans in our own right. Uh, it's kind of my hope for this series. So with that, I want to give you a heads up to where we're going over the next few weeks. And so uh, there'll be an image will come up on the screen. So today is February 21st. The series will start. I'll tell you where we're going to go uh, in a minute just uh, with that. Next week, we're going to do uh, a series, our message called Focus, Living with Steady Sea Legs. March 7th, I am second, a key to exceptional character. Uh, Pastor Josh is gonna do that. I think that'll be a really important message to be a part of uh, that day. March 14th, uh, total recall, unapologetically being me. And if I could pick anything in this series, make sure you're here for that one. Uh, that is a significant life lesson of the Apostle Peter that I think will be crucial for all of us to uh, be a part of that message. And then uh, March 21st, Limitless, Nothing Can Hold Us Back. And then I'm really excited about this one. March 28th, Kingdom Agent, Tapping Into the Power of the Supernatural. It's been a while since we've talked about the supernatural here at the church. Um, but man, God is a supernatural God, and he can do supernatural things. And I think that will be a, a good message too. So man, I think there's good, it's going to be a great series. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for growth and depth. Um, and again, for us this year, right, we, our vision for 2021 is to train, to become greater disciples, to become disciples in our, in, in just in the initial right of it all. Um, of being a disciple. And so I think there's some real good meat in the midst of this that we'll get out of this series. So make sure you're here every week. I think it'll be really, really good. 
And so for today's topic, uh, again, I wanna ask a question where we're heading for the day. Um, the question is this, just think about, think about it for just a second, if you would. Um, have you, uh, how many of you have ever done something that you didn't really want to do, but you did it because someone in authority told you to? Right, okay, right? Most of us, right? You, you, you don't really wanna do this thing, but because it's your boss, because it's your mom, because it's who this, whoever that person is, it's your coach or whatever, right? You do these things um, because the, some, the, that person in authority told you to do it. And so I think most of us have been there on one circumstance or another. Um, and I was thinking about uh, like some practical examples maybe to kind of lead us down this path today. So uh, I was thinking, let's be honest, right? Uh, what, about, what about these things, right? Like nobody really likes wearing these things. How many of you hate wearing these things? Okay, good, all right, most of us are hate wearing these things. But the reason we, we wear these things, right, is because right now, right, the authorities in our lives say, hey, by the way, for this pandemic and all things for us to get on, we gotta wear these things, right? It's best for us right now. Or I was thinking about uh, like doing, actually doing the speed limit, <laughs> right? Uh, like we, right, we, how many of you, does anybody actually ever do the speed limit? I mean, liar. All right, we're gonna pray for you after church, all right? Um, no, I'm kidding, I'm totally kidding. But I was thinking about that, like doing the speed limit, right? Uh, I was actually just recently, I was on the bypass and Lee and I were coming from uh, Elkhart area and we we're on the bypass and we we're going and traffic was flowing, things were going really great and then all of a sudden the church just slowed down really, really uh, a lot. And I'm like, what is going on? Is there an accident, construction or whatever? Uh, no, there was a cop in the right-hand lane and... <laughs> And no one dared to go on the left, right? Because he was doing the exact speed limit. And if you were gonna pass him, then you would be speeding and he'd be able to get, right? So like ultimately, like because the authorities said so, he's right there, right? Everybody was doing the speed limit, right? So it could be the speed limit. It could also be, I was thinking about a couple of things at work or school. Maybe there's a project that you get put on or you get given in school and you're like, I don't really wanna do this. But because, right, your teacher tells you to or, or your boss says, hey, you're, you're leading this thing, it gets put on your plate. Maybe at home, it's with shoveling snow. How many of you are tired of shoveling snow? I'm so sick and tired of shoveling snow. Could be with shoveling snow or, or yard work or honey-do list, right? There are all these situations in our lives that, that sometimes we don't really want to do these things, but we do them because someone in authority has said so. So does anybody know a word that could summarize that concept, the idea of doing something just because someone said so? Anybody know that word? Obedience, yes. Starts with an S that I'm thinking of. Ah, yes, submission, right? Submission. Today we're going to talk about submission. Yay! Nobody's really excited about that. All right. All right, we're going to talk about submission. And so there's a definition of, of submission, right? It's the action or fact of yielding to the will or authority of another. And the reason I talk about bring this idea of submission up, doing things even though we don't want to uh, because someone in authority is because we're going to look at a scripture today, the story of the apostle Peter, right? We're doing this idea of rock solid training from Peter. We're going to look at this interaction of Peter and Jesus where Peter who he didn't even know Jesus at this time, is crazy submissive. Like, significantly submissive. And I think there's some good meat in there for us today. But before we do that, I wanted to establish, because some of you are going, like, submission, okay, Matt, right? Um, I want to establish the value of submission today, because there's great value in submission. And so um, we see scriptures all over the place that talk about submission. 
right? And so I'm gonna go through this as quickly as I can, but we see them all over the Bible. And so uh, I'm just gonna kind of hit them. Uh, so kids, students, and really probably honestly all of us adults who still have parents that are living, right? It says uh, in Ephesians 6, 1, to be submissive to our parents, right? Ephesians 6, 1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. There's submission there. So maybe, uh, maybe that doesn't uh, necessarily apply to all of us or whatever. So in regards to bosses or, uh, or teachers or coaches, there's several verses. Hebrews 13, 17 says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this, and then look at this, do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. How's your submission in that regard? Being a joy to those over us I don't know, I've always been that. First Peter 2.13, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to, look at this, every human authority. Bring that next one up. Yeah, there you go. Titus 3.1, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities to be obedient and be ready to do whatever is good. So be obedient, somebody said obedience, right? Submit to whatever is good. By the way, I think that's an important distinction today, right? I'm not gonna talk today about submitting to things that are bad. I'm talking about uh, submitting to things that are good, right? So I'm not gonna talk today about submitting when you're being manipulated or su submitting when uh, there's abuse or neglect or those kinds of things, right? Those are things that you should not submit to, okay? But what I'm gonna talk about today is the things that are good, that are good to submit to and what Peter is gonna show us in this text. But there's more. Ready for more? All right, married folks. It says in Ephesians 5.21, this is talking about marriage. It says, submit to one another. Some of you were thinking I was gonna be submissive wise. You, you thought I was gonna bring that up, didn't you? Yeah. Right? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So there's dual submission. How many of you know that, that you can actually have a pretty good uh, marriage if you actually duly submit to one another? Proverbs 27, there's these verses. Proverbs 27, five and six says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Later in verse 17 of that text, it says, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And then 1 Peter 5, 5 says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. So uh, those are verses about submitting to accountability and mentorship. So again, there's submission all over the scripture. And then of course, the one that's most important, the biggest one is submission, of course, to God. James 4, 7, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And so there's tons of verses. And those are just a few. There were a whole lot more that I could have uh, brought up this morning. But there's tons of verses. True, there's true value, folks, in being submissive. But if you're anything like me, how many of you know that it's a little hard to be submissive sometimes? It's not easy to be submissive sometimes. But there's value in doing as all those scriptures have shown us. And so I think there's something to be said about having a, a topic like this today and talking about this and plugging in and embracing it as often as we can. Um, because even what we're gonna see from Peter is that Peter uh, embraced this with Jesus pretty fast. And, uh, and so I think there's some good lessons from him that we can uh, learn from that. So let's take a look at our text for today. This is gonna be from the New Living Translation of Luke chapter five. It says this, uh, several verses, so hang with me. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out with, uh, into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. 
When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that had been caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. And so our title today is Solid Submission, Following Through Even When It Doesn't Make Sense. And um, yeah, you can bring up that title slide. There you go. And we're going to talk today about a key reason to live, ultimately to live a submissive life, um, embracing the true value of doing so, and ultimately what that might mean for not just us, but uh, yeah, our lives and, and those in our lives. And I think there's, um, man, I think it'll be some really, I hope that it'll change your life. That, that's, that's my hope for today. And so uh, that's where we're headed. So uh, before we uh, give you a couple things to write down, I want to pause and pray. So if you would pray with me. So, oh God, we um, are grateful that uh, you have been with us this morning, God, that, um, that we had a chance to worship you and glorify you in and, and worship. And uh, we pray, God, now as we look into this uh, particular story about the Apostle Peter, we pray that you would make our hearts, our minds, our souls sticky and supernatural things would stick to us, God, that we'd be more like Jesus as a result of our time together. And not because of my efforts here today, but solely because of the efforts of the Holy Spirit among us. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we have to one point today. You can fill this in on your handout or in the digital notes. Be submissive because, here we go, following through can bring some unexpected outcomes. You can fill it in. Following through can bring some unexpected outcomes. And so I'm going to kind of walk through this uh, piece by piece in the midst of this story because there's a lot of scripture that we just read through. But in our text, Peter actually says yes to Jesus, is submissive to Jesus two times. And and I'm not sure if you caught both of them, but this is, uh, it's really significant. In verse three, it says, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. And then it says, so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. So meaning after he asked Peter, hey, I need you to push out the boat, like Peter said, yes, Right? If he was able to then go out into the water and teach the people from there, Peter then said, yes, he, he submitted to Jesus' request. Now, it, it's interesting because um, you got to remember that Peter didn't really know this guy. Right? He just came to the water's edge. Right? And, and so he's a fisherman. He's doing his whole thing. And so he had really no real reason to be submissive to Jesus at this point, but he did. I don't know about you, when I realized that and then when I, in my study, I was like, that's significant. Like, you, you were submissive to something you didn't even know. And honestly, it was a little weird because like, Jesus was just kind of like, just walk out of his boat, hey, I need you to go out there. How many of you know that's a little strange? Right, that'd be like you being at the mall, all right, and you're, out, you're at the mall, you're kind of walking out of the mall and somebody's on, it's like, hey, I'm gonna sit in your car for a minute so I can take this phone call, is that okay? That'd be a little weird, right? Like most of us would be like, uh, I gotta go right? That'd be a little strange, but that's essentially what happened, right? I mean, Jesus walked onto the boat and says, hey, I need, I'm going to go talk to these people out there. I need you to go out there. So Peter, it was crazy because like that was kind of a unique situation, and yet Peter was submissive to Jesus. 
I mean, again, he's, he's there all night. He's trying to fish. He's trying to get all, And the last thing I think that probably a tired fisherman, by the way, it's a stinky kind of job, right? That a tired fisherman wants to do is take out some guy to be his water Uber. All right? It's probably the last thing he wants to do. But yet he was submissive to Jesus. He submitted to Jesus' request. And then the second time he said yes to Jesus was uh, just a little bit after that. And Jesus told him to put down the nets uh, to, to go uh, to get a, uh, catch a fish. And again, he was there all night, right? He's a professional fisherman. This is what he does, right? How many of you know that if, if, um, if somebody came up to me who uh, was, a, I would say I was a professional fisherman and, and this teacher decided to like, oh, hey, do this. Or like, I'd be like, uh, boy, you crazy. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, what do you mean? Like, I do this all night. I'm tired. I'm going home. But Peter is different. See, there's something about this guy, this Peter guy, right? So not only does he already have Jesus in the boat, which I probably wouldn't have done in the first place, then he tells him to go throw these nets over when they were already, by the way, they were washing the nets, right? Which means they were already clean. Then they're going to have to do all this all over again. You see, there's, there's significance in Peter's submission. Significance. And then, of course, right? Uh, Peter says this. He says in verse five, he says, but if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. But if you say so, again, he didn't, he didn't know Jesus. And then the outcome comes, five, verse six. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. And verse seven, a shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. And pretty incredible, unexpected outcome. Because Peter, in, in, in the back of his mind, he's going, dude, this dude is crazy. Like, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to have to do all this work, and I'm going to be even more tired. He did not expect that kind of outcome. I thought about like the, like the great end to a, a really great movie, you know? Like when you, you get to the end of the movie, and uh, at the end of the movie, you're like, oh man, that was so good. And then you tell everybody about it, right? You tell everybody about that. You got to watch this movie, right? I don't know I've just been, I've rewatched Inception like 17 times over the last uh, couple weeks, but Inception, like Inception, it's such a good movie. You got to watch it, you know? It's, it's that kind of thing, like this unexpected, like I never would have expected that to be the ending of the movie, right? And, and Peter never expected at the end of this that there was going to be a whole lot of fish. Maybe they might have gotten a couple, but enough that then two boats are sinking, that's an unexpected outcome. It says in verse nine, it says that Peter says this, or that Peter feels this, that he was awestruck by the number of fish that had been caught and were as were the others with him. He was awestruck. He was surprised. And his awestruckness, by the way, how did it come? His awestruckness came out of submission. Came out of submission. And then Jesus says to Peter in verse 10, I love this. It says, from now on, you'll be fishing for Peter. So not only was he already awestruck that he got this crazy amount of fish, but then he's called into ministry to be right next to Jesus. Come on, somebody. I mean, out of, because he submitted, I don't think that Jesus would have said, hey, you're gonna be fishing for people. He would have been called into ministry with Jesus if he would have said, been hard-headed and be like, nah, nah, I'm good, stay off my boat. Because he was submissive to Jesus, he then got to see, by the way, he was with Jesus when they did all the, the cool bread and fish thing and, and all the cool miracles. and all. He got to see a lot of stuff up close and personal because he said yes in the first place, because he was submissive. See, there's, there's value in submission, folks, in the midst of our lives. And so you might be thinking, okay, but what does that mean for me? 
Um, our awestruckness, I was thinking of a few things. Like how, our, our awestruckness can come in many different ways. So for example, maybe be when we're submissive at work and we actually get the bonus or we get the promotion. I was thinking about students in the room. Those of you maybe at school, like opportunities come up for you to lead and then it helps you to get into a better boost for college or you get to be made captain of your, of your volleyball team. Or at home, uh, you get to be happily married. Did you know you can actually be happily married? You can be happily married because you're submitting well to one another. Or, um, or you get that, you get gifted something that you really, really want uh, because things are just clicking and you're submitting to each other and you're loving each other. I was thinking about spiritually, um, you know, God blesses your socks off because you're submitting to him and you're, I know many of you are, are, have started a journey just recently of, of memorizing scripture and reading the Bible and spending time in prayer and, you know, hopefully you come to the Biden worships and, and so you're, you're pressing and you're submitting to a holy God and so he's blessing your socks off, right? And, and you're, you're giving your finances 10%, you're tithing, and you're doing all of those things and, and so, uh, man, he's just, he's just, he's basically just blessing you for being ultimately what? Ultimately being submissive. Submitting your life, your time, your, your money, your resources, your energy, all to him. See, there's value in living submitted. Now, for me, I'll admit uh, that this is, with certain people in situations, this is not super easy for me. Um, uh, I was thinking about, uh, you know, with like my wife, Lee and I, like, um, I, I think that's fairly easy. We've been together uh, in just a few weeks. We're gonna be married 18 years, together for 26 years. And so it's pretty easy for us. Uh, we've just done a great job. I think God's really blessed us to be submissive to each other. Um, we're not perfect, but man, I think we got a pretty good marriage. And so I think I do pretty well with that. Uh, I got an accountability partner. Maybe you know, I, I meet with uh, Pastor Josh every, um, every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Uh, so that we can just, I say, hey, uh, you're my life. I want you in my life. I want you to call, my, call me out on stuff. Uh, tell me what I'm doing wrong. See what's in me that's going to destroy me. Call that out in me. And so like, I, I think that I can do pretty well on some of those kinds of things. Um, but where I've struggled in my life to be submissive has been to certain bosses or coaches or leaders that have been over me and have been in authority over me in my life. If you know anything about uh, the Enneagram personality test, I am an Enneagram 8, which is a challenger. And so I'm an Enneagram 8 with a wing 7, which means nothing to some of you. But I'm, a, I'm, I'm an 8 challenger with a 7, which is the life of the party. So I like to challenge people, but I love to have fun, right, while we're doing it. So in the midst of that, though, being a challenger, being an eight, and, and there's a healthy way to be an eight, there's an unhealthy way to be an eight. For a long time in my life, I was an unhealthy eight. I challenged people, and I challenged people, and I challenged people just for the sake of challenge. And, uh, and so for me, you can imagine being an eight and being a challenger, uh, submitting to authority when I want to challenge the status quo, challenge uh, the processes we're doing, challenge where we're going, all of those kind of things, it was really hard for me. And, and so I've, I've, I've gone to work on that, um, and, and I think I've made some improvement in the midst of that. I try to be more of a healthy eight rather than an unhealthy eight. Um, but uh, as, I have, as I've done that, I do think that I've seen unexpected outcomes come into my, as I've been more submissive, unexpected positive outcomes have come in my life, in my marriage, and in, in my relationships with friends or coworkers and, and all that. It's all started to kind of just really be all filled because I'm, I'm willing to then uh, be more submissive because there's value in it. And so I was thinking about you and I was thinking about, um, and me, thinking about how do we, 
how do we gauge our life in the midst of where we are? And so this is a question that you can write down on your handout. It'll come up on the screen. And the question is this, is there anyone I'm protesting that I should be submitting to? Is there anyone I'm protesting that I should be submitting to? I think it's a good question to ask ourselves. It's a good question for me. I think that's part of why I've made some improvements, but man, I even think I gotta, I gotta get even better. I gotta ask that question again in my life. Um, so take an inventory of our life. You know, take an inventory of your life um, and see if there are people in your life that you're supposed to be in submission to, right? Um, maybe, uh, maybe it's uh, another person, maybe it's God. The worship team is gonna come get ready to, to lead us in worship. But as, uh, as we close this down, maybe there's, maybe there's somebody that, that God or uh, an individual, a boss, uh, uh, maybe a parent or who, that, that you, you know that you're supposed to be submitting to and you've been doing nothing but protesting. And ultimately, because you've been protesting, by the way, you're reaping no, there's not even a possibility to reap any positive unexpected outcome because you're just in a place of protest. I think it's worth considering today. I think it's something that's worth considering for all of us uh, frequently in our lives. Where do we need to be more submissive? Like Peter, so ultimately we can gain what Peter gained. There was a lot of things that Peter gained because he, by the way, the scriptures, I don't have this up there for you, but it says, uh, it, it, it says if, if those who lose their life will find it. By the way, that is what a life of following Jesus is about. It's about really being submissive and really losing our stuff and ultimately we'll gain just like Peter gained. There's something, something crazy significant about that. And I don't know about you, but something I know I need to do better. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.